0: The Jack of Spades, eh? It's my intention to finesse your queen through dummy. Hmm, pretty sure of yourself, aren't you? (laughs) I rarely make a mistake. If the Queen of Spades is in your
1: hand, then the rest are mine. Do you concede, Sir Edward? Yes, rotted, yes. You're too good for me, Mason, and I consider myself to be a better than average at bridge. Anyway, thanks for the game, you two. Pleasure.
0: Anytime, Sir Edward.
1: I'd like to partner you in a game sometime, Mason. How does a person get hold of you? Oh, well, I suppose the office is
0: easiest. Assignments unlimited. It's in the book, Grosvenor 5995.
1: Grosvenor? That's in the West End, isn't
0: it? Yes. we at 33 Half Moon Street. For the broker. Tanning Row is a gloomy part of the east end of London that sadly survived the holocaust of war. Cramped into its bleak tenements are the laborers and layabouts of Dockland, the decent and the despicable. Here, cheek by jowl, swarm the manipulators and the manipulated, a kaleidoscope of humanity shuffling to and from its means of survival. Into a damp, grey, barn-like building moves a girl. She moves with a purposeful tread, her head held high and hooded against the bitter wind that moans in from the river. Her progress is halted by the voice of an old man, sitting in the doorway, snuffling his dew nose with an imperious air of poverty.
2: Hey, where did it you're going?
3: I'm I, on official business.
2: Hey, what official business? I
3: have to see the union secretary about my dad.
2: <laughs> I'd have thought your mother was the best person to see about him.
3: My dad had an accident on Ewald. come see about his sick pay. Hey,
2: did you make an appointment?
3: I wrote once and I phoned three times. I <laughs> can't get any sense out of anybody. Nobody will give me a straight answer, so I, I thought I'd come down person and see the union secretary. Well, you
2: can't see him without an appointment. So you best offer it, McGill, and write a letter.
3: I've already written and got no reply.
2: Oh, then write again. Mr. Glatt's a very busy man, He's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. He is. You can't expect to get a reply straight away. Your old man ain't the only one what's had an accident, you know. But he's been three weeks already off. We can't live on
3: fresh air. And Dad's supposed to have special food and all that. Yeah,
2: you're breaking me out. Special food. Go <laughs> on, hop it. It's
3: a rotten swindle. That's what it is.
2: A rotten swindle. Hey, oh, you better be careful what you say, or have you run in? This is a trade union. And the trade unions, the working men, and the working man is the country. Don't you know that? No, and I don't want to either. All I want is some of the money that's due to my dad, overdue. Look, are you going to push off or aren't you?
3: I came here to see the secretary, and I'm going to see him, whatever you say. And you can't stop me. Hey, 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 here, hey,
2: come back here. <laughs> hey. Well,
4: look what drops in. Oh. Is that old Bacca whistling? Can't say I blame him, even at his age. Now, me, I'd uh, whistle this way.
3: Oh, I'm looking for the union secretary. Can you
2: help me? Oh! oh there you are. It's the charge office for you now, you little blighter. I'll hang you over to the cops.
4: Uh, what's this racket all about, Bacca?
2: It's this flimity piece, boss. Asked to come inside once she ain't got a permit, and when I tells you to scorp her, she nips past me and comes in here. But I'll have her in the cooler in two shakes now. Oh, it's
4: all right, Becker. I'll handle this. Get back to your sentry box. But,
2: boss, you got a claims complaint. You're... Did you
4: hear me, Becker? Or have you got cloth ears? Yes, boss. <coughs>
2: I'll see you later.
4: Come over here. If you did run past him without permission, he uh, can have you locked up for trespass.
2: Oh.
4: Yeah, that's better. No sense in making trouble for yourself, is there? Let's sit down. Well, go on. Now, what's the trouble with you?
3: I I want to see the union secretary.
4: That's what you said the first time. Well, you've come to the right place. That's me. You? Henry Glutt at your service. You know, uh, you're pretty. What's your name, kid?
3: It's about my dad. What's your name? His name's Bert Layton.
4: Your name?
3: Winnie. Winnie Layton.
4: Well, now, I'm glad you came, Winnie. I like you
3: keep your hands off me
4: now you don't have to be unfriendly supposing you pick up that chair sit down quietly and tell me all about it eh all
3: right then but no funny business
4: funny business (laughs) yeah that's a good one
3: mr glutt
4: Henry to my friends
3: mr glutt
4: we're friends Winnie
3: three weeks ago my dad had an accident on e-wharf and ever since he's been confined to bed his subs were all paid up in the sick benefit, but but he hasn't had a single penny in sick pay. I, I did write, but I got no answer, and it's three weeks now, and well, we're, we're getting desperate.
4: No money for food, eh?
3: But according to the sick benefit, he ought to be getting three pounds ten a week.
4: Now, these things take a bit of time, you know. But three weeks? Listen, your old man isn't the only one who's had an accident on Ewolf. I
3: know. It's a timbering. It's a
4: death trap. Death trap? Who's been putting ideas into your head?
3: What? Well, I just noticed.
4: But how can you, Winnie? nobody's allowed out under the wharf unless they can show their union card and you're much too pretty to run cargo with the dockies so don't let's hear any more about death traps and timbering all right that's my girl you know sometimes these things are best left alone I suppose uh, I make you a personal loan until the old man's sick benefit comes through oh how
3: could you Mr Clutter oh, Henry you could deduct it
4: from the benefit the minute the money comes through oh I wouldn't do that wouldn't he? After all, that would make the loan impersonal, wouldn't it? How about tonight after work, I uh, could call round for you? Oh,
3: thanks, Mr. Glatter. I can manage without that sort of loan, thank you.
4: I oh, think a lot of yourself, don't you? Then I suggest that you take old backer's advice and go home and wait. Owen, oh, while you're at it, ask your old man for a copy of his benefit agreement and read it. If he had the accident on e you might regret turning down my generous offer.
3: Then I'll, I'll go to a lawyer.
4: That contract your old man signed with the union was drawn up by a lawyer. Help yourself, kid. Oh, they always want at least five guineas in advance. That's five quid and five bob. Think it over, kid. Show the lady out, backer.
2: Right, boss.
4: <coughs> hey, Roger, don't you go around <laughs> around Roger. <laughs> yes, Mr. Clark? Uh, give me a private line. Yes. It's me, boss, Glut.
1: I hope it's important, using the private line during working hours.
4: You said I was never to take a chance, boss.
1: Let's see what you have to say, Glut
4: yeah, One of the timbering injuries on Eworf, boss, he's been laid up for three weeks and he's starting to beef about the sick benefit. He sent his daughter round for an answer and she says Eworf is a death trap and she's going to see a lawyer.
1: Just at this stage, I don't want any lawyers, Glutt.
4: I know, boss, that's why I rang you up on the private line.
1: How does the daughter know about the timbering on Wharf? I understood women were barred from that branch of the union.
4: Well, She must be repeating what her father's told her.
1: How long did you say this man had been made up?
4: Three weeks, boss. Ah.
1: Well, perhaps you should see to it that his injury is a little more uh, severe, do you understand? How long do he want him out of the way for, boss? Well, if he talks us a lot about death traps and lawyers, clout, we'd better make it uh, permanent. <laughs>
5: Is that you, Winnie? Yes, Dad. Well, what happened?
3: I'll tell you, Since soon as I got
5: my coat off. Hey, You've been all right? Oh, as well as can be expected. If I could have got up, I'd have made you a cup of tea, Winnie.
3: Have there been any tea? Oh, you really want that noise on? I'm sure it can't help you to get any better.
5: I'll switch it off. Put it on for something to do, really. What's the matter, love? Didn't it go too well?
3: Oh, it didn't go at all.
5: Oh, I can tell you're upset. You—you you never even gave me a kiss. <laughs>
3: what a daughter to have! There.
5: Now uh, tell me what happened, Win.
3: Well, Henry Gluck, like who runs the union, is a wolf and a crook. He says. Well, at least he hinted that if you read the small print on your union contract, you won't be eligible for any compensation of an accident on E-Wolf.
5: Well, What's so different about Ewolf from any other wolf?
3: I don't know, Dad. I suppose we'd better read the small print and see.
5: Now, wait a minute, girl. I haven't got my copy of the contract.
3: Why? Where is it, then?
5: Well, a fellow came round from the union about a week ago. He said he wanted the contract for check-in. Well, he, he looked all right, Win.
3: Oh, Dad, did you get a receipt for it?
5: Well, no, Win, I I I didn't. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Oh, and <sighs> and all that money you've paid in.
5: But every docker on e. Wharf knows that I've paid my subs. I can get thousands of witnesses. Can and... you, Dad? Oh, I've got mates all over the place, Winnie. You know that.
3: All I know is that the blokes who do all the work pay all the subs. That the union is supposed to be formed for their benefit. But that isn't how it works, Dad, is it? If the poor mug who's told the union benefits him steps out of line, he gets the chop. And why does he get the chop? Because the union's a rotten, stinking racket, that's why. Oh, well, Winnie. And you won't get one lousy penny from that, that smarmy pig, Henry Gluck. And there's not one man on Ewalf who'll dare speak up for you. Oh, there's an old man on the gate, dirty old man, it looks more like an old con. He said, the union is the workers and the workers is the country. Oh, what a laugh. Merry England. If you can play a guitar out of tune, you can make a million quid. Grow your hair long, boy, and spit gutter language at Grandma. Oh, that's a big deal. But try and earn a decent living, and you've, you've got to belong to the union. The same union that Welsh is on three quid a week. For a man who's injured, you're doing a big man's job.
5: Oh, oh, oh don't take it to heart, so <laughs> Win, please, girl. You're, you're tired. I, mean, I should never let you go along there today.
3: Oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm glad I went, Dad. I'm glad I
5: went. Oh, we can see a lawyer if you feel that way about it.
3: You know, Dad, even you're half apologetic about the union not paying you any money so that you can't pay a lawyer. Oh, it's daft, but it's true.
5: Now, look, someone's got to investigate it. If Henry Glad is a crook, then someone's got to find the proof and prosecute
3: him. Oh, Sir Galahad went up when the union came in.
5: I know a bloke who might help us win. We can't bank on it, but I've known him on and all for a good many years. He's a bit of a funny stick. So I've got a feeling that this sort of dark might appeal to him. Marmond Bray is his name, and he works for Assignment Unlimited at 33 Half Moon Street.
0: Marmaduke Bray is one of those meticulously honest people who feel obliged to account to someone for their every action. So it was that he told me all about the Dockers Union on Ewharf and the nefarious activities of the Union Secretary. He didn't have to tell me, but he did and i'm pleased he did because he gave me the opportunity of lending a hand in the destruction of the big boss
1: well glad. what have you done about the big mouth Bert layton
4: oh, i'm just waiting until tomorrow boss it's a bit cagey trying anything in tanning lane on a sunday You can't see one end of the street from the other for salvation army bands but since he hasn't received a penny from us he uh, he might be desperate and try to get to work tomorrow they usually make a new start on a monday
1: it would be very unfortunate if anything happened, Clutt, between now and the auditor's meeting. If Bert Layton does wander back to work tomorrow, you will see to it that he's put back on E. Wharf, won't you?
4: Leave it to me, boss.
1: I am leaving it to you, Glut, And don't let me down. There'll be the usual bonus, of course.
4: Thanks. You can take it as read that whether Bert Layton goes back to work or not tomorrow, you will be in no condition to see any lawyer. haven't the faintest
5: idea what you can do, Marmy, but you're my only hope. I've always paid my subs, i never missed a week.
3: It's wicked that they should be allowed to get away with it, Mr. Bray. Surely a man's entitled to know where his money's going.
0: In these kinds of rackets, Winnie, there's usually a big boss in the background who manipulates the deal. Your smarmy Henry glut is probably nothing more than a cat's paw in the whole organisation. Now... You say this man came round from the union and took your contract form. Yes, that's right. And you didn't ask for a receipt because you had no reason to suspect that everything wasn't above board.
5: Well, it's the first time I've been off sick, you see. The first time in ten years. That's when May, when his mum died. And since then, Winnie's kept house and I haven't had a day's layoff.
3: Now this... Ned Bradley was off for two weeks a while ago and I asked him if he got his full benefit. Oh, he said he had, but I could see by the look in his eye that he was lying. You see, Mr. Bray, they all seem to be afraid of something.
0: That something is a quick knife thrust in the dark, a bad beating in a lonely alley, an unaccountable fatal accident. Do you think it's as bad as that, Mommy? If you cause trouble, stay in line with the Union and you're okay. You know... Even in an election where they know the vote is secret, these men are afraid to vote the other way, afraid they might betray themselves in a look. However, that doesn't buy the baby a new frock. I've got to find out what goes on at Eworf and have a chat with the dockers at work. You know, they feel safe when they're busy, and that's when I'll pick up a few facts given me in an
5: unguarded moment.
3: But, Mr. Bray, you can't get on to A-Doc... You haven't got a union card.
5: No, I haven't. You're not thinking of climbing over the gate or anything, are you, (laughs) Marvick?
0: Nothing as energetic as that. Do you have a photograph on those union cards? No, no, just the name and serial number. You see, I want to be one of the workers. We're about the same size, you and me, Bert. I'll borrow your working furs tomorrow and your union card. How many men work on Ewolf? Nearly 300, all told. Then nobody's going to notice a new face. Tomorrow morning at six o'clock sharp, Mr. Bert Layton will walk through the dock gates onto E. Wharf.
1: Now, let me see. If I finesse your king of clubs through dummy, and that's exactly what I'm going to do, then my queen is good and I have the last trump. Agreed? Yes. A small slam in hearts. Mason... You're the best partner I ever had. Fabulous bidding. Game and rubber. Well, who's for another? Hmm? Nobody. All right, then I'll buy you a drink. I never thought we'd make it a small slam, Mason. I confess I had the jitters when you have been up to it. (laughs) If you'd let a diamond on the second lead, you'd have made a grand slam.
0: I bid six to give you a marginal error of one. Are you suggesting that I threw a trick away? No. No. Oh. I'm telling you that you threw a trick away. You've got a confounded impertinence, miss. And a truculent partner, it seems. It is, after all, only a game, Sir Edward, and the stakes were a penny a hundred. Yes, I suppose so. But I still think it's a dirty trick to diminish my triumph. You place a great store on being successful, don't you?
1: It's more necessary to me than life. Fame is the spur and all that, Oh, scarf if you like, but I have a title. And that elevation from my beginnings as a dock labourer. From woolsacks at the docks to the woolsack in Parliament in 30 years is no mean achievement. I'll go along with that, even if you say so. Tell me, Sir Edward, uh, do you know anything about dockers trade unions? Oh, great jumping catfish, old boy. I'm the chairman of half a dozen of them. I ought to know. Why do you ask? I wondered how compensation is paid to men who are injured working on the job. Well, they have a sick benefit which pays them enough to live on when they're sick. More than we did in my day, I am telling you. I didn't mean sickness. I was referring specifically to an injury. Ah, well, now, there, we have to watch it a bit. The law will not allow us to extract an indemnity signature from the worker, so when he gets hurt, we have to be careful that he doesn't get any big ideas and sue the company responsible. You have to watch it carefully, you know. The whole place is full of barrack room lawyers these days. Fortunately, most of the workers are too ignorant or too stupid to do anything about it. <coughs> that sounds great coming from a labour M.B. Well, the truth is, old boy... I never could stand the smelly proletariat. (laughs) But don't let my voters know. (laughs) So it's vested interest that the dock is up against. That's right, old boy. Vested interest. Beautiful word, that, hmm? Let us have that drink, shall we? After all, it can't concern you, can it? Or your men, for that matter. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, go through. All oh, right. Uh, watch out your cards. Uh, okay, all right.
0: Uh, well, what's up? My card's all right, isn't it? Oh, well. Uh, yeah, it's all right. Pass <coughs> along, Layton. Mr. Layton, to you, mate. Oh, yes, uh, Mr. Layton. Watch it, old timer. Watch it. Hey,
2: Bill. Hey, Bill, watch the union tickets for me, will you? I'll help you a minute. Sorry, I've got to do. Bossy, he's come
4: to work. It's him, Bert Layton. (coughs) Are you sure? Of course, I'm sure. You ain't never set eyes on Bert
2: Layton. Look, I checked all the union cards. It's him, I tell you. Just went through now, gave me another lot of lick, too.
4: That's Bert Layton. I'll be right down. Almost right. I've got to make a call first, a call on a bit of skirt. I got her address out of the files. It's useful. You can keep tabs on anyone. Tell the boys to stand by, backer. I've got work for them later on. Hello, Winnie. Surprised to see me?
3: You. Henry Glatt. What are you doing here?
4: I heard your old man's gone back to work. Uh,
3: Yes. Yes, that's right. Uh, You can't come in.
4: Oh, yes, I can. It looks bonkers gassing on a doorstep, and uh, anyway, I bet you're all alone. (coughs) That's better. That's much more cozy. And you're a cozy little piece, Uh, Winnie. Leave me go. Leave me alone. Just a little kiss to start off with, (coughs) eh? The fellas are all mad at you, old man, Winnie. They say he's got too much lip. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get beaten up real bad. Do you know that? Beaten up? Oh, no. Of course I can stop them. They listen to me, Winnie.
3: Oh, You've got to stop them, Henry. You've
4: just got to. All right, there's no worry. Now, if I promise to go down there and talk reason to them, uh, I shall expect a reward. Get me a win. That's a matter, baby doll. I'm not bad looking now, am I? They used to call me baby face when I was hoisting wool sacks. Come on, baby. Just relax. It's, it's marvellous. Here,
5: who the blazes are you? What are you doing Dad? in my house? Dad? Your house?
4: What's your name, mate? Bert Layton. Winnie, who is this greasy job? Then and if you're Bert Layton, who was it went into Ewok this morning on your union card? Ned, Harry Basher Joe, follow me quick. Anyone know where Bert Layton's working? He's working alone under the jetty on maintenance. Look, like he said, boss. Yeah, I see him. Now, no mercy, boys. It doesn't matter how much noise he makes, nobody is going to notice anything. Come to think of it, you'll set him a good example. Are you? Yes, you, whoever you are. Come here. Are you addressing me? Let's have a look at your union card. Who wants to see it? Me, Henry Glutt, the secretary. So
0: you're Glutt, are you? You're well named. You have a surfeit of owner. In short, you stink. Get him, boys.
2: Well,
3: I enjoyed
0: that. I haven't had a good fight in months. Oh, no, don't try and sneak away. It's your turn now. Don't you touch me. uh, I'm the secretary. I won't touch you for longer than necessary, I assure you. Now, I want an answer to my question. Before I put it, I want you to be quite sure that I'm in earnest. So I think a broken nose and the violent removal of your teeth would be a good start.
4: (coughs) Now the question... Is this wharf insured against accidents? No, it ain't. Don't Don't, don't hit me again. Is it
0: insured at all? No, no, it ain't. Oh boy! Uh, Somebody's going to be very sorry he didn't shell out a little uh, brass for the broker. Suddenly, my bridge partner in the club, Sir Edward Carpenter, became conspicuous by his absence. I asked one of our erstwhile opponents what had happened to him. Carpenter, didn't you read about it? Oh, awful scandal, old boy. He owned a wharf, apparently, and didn't insure it. Well, the inevitable happened. It burnt to the ground one night and left Carpenter bankrupt. He couldn't take it, poor fellow. Shot himself with his army revolver.